Well, hello, 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 everyone. This is your girl, Dr. Stephanie D. Barnes. And just want to let you know, we will begin broadcasting shortly. But as always, I want to take a few minutes to ask you to share this out. And believe, remember, we believe in the power of three, power of three. So make sure that you share this out to at least three groups or invite at least three people because we are going to have conversations from the C-suite and we don't want to be having conversations by ourselves. So make sure that you invite somebody who needs to check out of Heartbreak Hotel. So I'm going to take a few minutes to share it out myself. I want to make sure that I invite some people here and uh, just want to um, get ready for another great conversation from the C-suite. So we will be getting started shortly and I am looking forward to having another great episode of Conversations from the C-suite, the girlfriend's guide to being the CEO. So make sure you, you share it out, the power of three, invite at least three people, share it out to at least three groups. I want you to make sure you get your favorite beverage, Hang tight and invite. All right. All right. Well, you know what time it is. It is time to have conversations from the C-suite. And I just want to take a few minutes to make sure that I am out there. So if you have joined, please put something in the feed and let me know if you can hear me because I am actually live from offsite. I'm in Houston, Texas today. I'm not from my normal studio. So, you know, sometimes when you are not in your normal studio, things don't go as planned. And right now my screen isn't moving, but I want to make sure that you can hear me. So if you can hear me out there, please put something in the feed. Say, hey, girl, how you doing? Because I do want to make sure that uh, that that we are live because I'm, I'm looking at it on one screen. And I think I'm moving. But uh, on my my producer screen, I, I seem to be still. So I think I'm good. But anyway, if you can hear me, let me know. But we are going to get started. So I just want to say welcome to Conversations from the C-Suite. I am your girl, Dr. Stephanie D. Barnes, your host for this evening. And I want to welcome you to the C-Suite, to Conversations from the C-Suite, the girlfriend's guide to being a CEO. And you know, every woman needs to be the CEO of her life. You know, we work hard to elevate our mindsets and we want to make sure that here in the C-suite, we are truly making the decisions. Now, what is the C-suite? You know, in any company, that's where the decisions are made. And so we want you to be the CEO of your life so that you can truly make the decisions to create the life you desire 
and deserve. So being a CEO simply means that you, you are the one who's responsible for executing. That's what, that's why it's chief executive officer because chief executive officers get things done. So regardless of where you are on your journey, if you are a CEO on the rise, you know, you are just getting started in being the CEO of your life. You are building your skills. You are building your boss moves. You are building your power. Welcome to the C-suite. Or you may be a CEO on the move. You, you made a few CEO moves. You got some things going on, but you are wanting to be better. And then you may even be the CEO where you are the CEO of your life, but you are ready to take it to even higher level. You are in the right place. Welcome to the conversations from the C-suite, the girlfriend's guide to being a CEO. And here, you know, we want to have powerful conversations about real things that real women face every day because life doesn't end when we leave the office. We have things that happen outside the office that affect us, who we are inside the office. And it's just a little circle, a little cycle that keeps going round and round. And here, remember, we don't want to just have a conversation. We're not just talking for the sake of hearing ourselves. We want you to feel something. We want you to learn something. But most importantly, we want you to do something. That's right. Make those CEO moves. Being a CEO boils down to three things. Creating circles of influence so that you can connect to people and opportunities that connect you to your next level. Educate and empower yourself so that you can be elevated to your next level. And finally, operationalize what you learn so that you can optimize your outcomes. That's what a true CEO move is. So we want to make sure that we are having those CEO moves and we're making those CEO moves and really getting it done. So whether you report to a CEO or you are the CEO of your own business, you are the CEO of your life. So are you ready? Are you ready to truly enter the C-suite of your life? Are you ready to have those real conversations that help you to get to the next up in your life? Well, if you are, you are in the right place. So let's get started with making these CEO moves because today we're not Elvis, but we're going to check. So we're going to check out of the heartbreak hotel. You know, it is important for us to really think about surviving the breakup. And I know I ain't the only one who, who has experienced a breakup. We all go through breakups of different kinds. You know, you may be experiencing a breakup and you can't figure out how to break through to your next. You may have experienced a breakup and you just can't quite get it together. Things ain't quite the same. You may have, you know, ex experienced something that is creating a barrier to your success. So if that is something that you are facing the child, it is time for you to check out of the heartbreak hotel because heartbreaks can leave you or breakups rather can leave you feeling heartbroken, broken, and just plain old broke down. And the process of grieving lost love can take a toll on you mentally and physically. So today we're going to have a candid conversation, a conversation from the C-suite about preserving our mental health during the process of mending a broken heart. So without any further ado, y'all, I want to bring to the stage the one and only Sheila Rivers. And, you know, if you have been tuning into previous episodes of Conversation from the C-Suite, you know this powerhouse, this powerful CEO that I'm about to bring to the virtual stage. She is the is a licensed, licensed certified social worker and the, the CEO of Rivers Psycho River Psychotherapy LLC. I just can't talk today. I get so excited. But she is a CEO in her own right. She's a mother. She's a therapist. She's a CEO. She's a student. She's actively pursuing her doctorate degree and soon will be Dr. Sheila Rivers. So without any further ado, I want to bring to the stage my girl, Sheila Rivers. Hey. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Yeah. Well, thank you, Dr. Barnes. Yes, of course, of course. We are excited this evening to talk about the breakup 
breaking up from healthy, unhealthy relationships. So I'm I'm ready to get started whenever you are. This is a big topic for me and surviving the breakup. So some of us don't survive the breakup. We, We still holding on of trying to break up the breakup. Oh, I know. We got to break through that breakup and just go on, go on, break through that. So, you know, as always, we want to start out with the who, the what, and the when. Who, the what, and the why. Tell us who you are. I've shared a little bit of that. Tell us what you do. I've shared a little bit of that. But tell us why it is that you make the CEO moves that you do. Awesome. Again, I'm Sheila Rivers, licensed clinical social, licensed certified social worker. I also have my master's in public health. Um, I am the owner and chief therapist. I, I, obviously, both of us can't talk this. Evening. I know we're just tall ties today. We can't break through these broke, broken speech. Huh? <laughs> I'm the owner and chief therapist here at River Psychotherapy Services. We're located at 2218 18th Street here in Gulfport, Mississippi. Um, why I do what I do? Oh my gosh, I could go on and on and on with this one, but I'll try and pick one particular topic. Is I survived. Therefore, it is my duty and purpose to help others survive. Yes, yes, that is that is that is the beautiful thing, you know, about, um, you know, when we go through our periods of brokenness, you know, sometimes whatever that is, we can dwell on the brokenness. But the thing is, is that it truly empowers you to help someone else. And we can either kind of turn into ourselves or do as you have. And, and this is, we all do it in our own ways, but turn our brokenness into helping uh, something very powerful that helps us to help other people. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, without any further ado, um, I, I want to ask the question to our viewers if we have any out there. Do we have any viewers? I can't see that. Yeah, we do. We do. We've got some out there. So, um, of course, we always want to make sure that we share it out. So those of you who have joined us, make sure that you invite someone else, because I'm sure you know somebody that needs to check out a Heartbreak Hotel, right? Right, right, right. Um, Dr. Barnes, I'll let you go ahead and get started this evening. All right. Well, you know, uh, it, it's it's so uh, interesting that uh, that Sheila chose this topic because, you know, we have been on this journey over the past. Uh, this is our fourth episode where we've really been exploring mental wellness, mental health, because as the CEO of our lives, it is so important for us to protect our most powerful asset, which is our minds. And so that's why we are laying the foundation of being the CEO of our lives with the very Um, the most powerful asset that we have. And, you know, it is so powerful. And I don't mean to overuse that word when we get to what I call the precipice of of facing, you know, a breakup. And I and and I kind of in dramatic with it and say that, you know, when you're at the at a precipice, when you're at at the edge of that cliff, you know, and and there's all this brokenness behind you, you have the option of, of, of falling to the bottom or deciding that you're going to fly. And, you know, that is a, a, a very tough decision. And obviously that's a, that's a allegorical or uh, what's the word? It's not uh, an analogy, a metaphor. That's the word I'm looking for. A metaphor for that decision to truly move from breakup to breakthrough, but it can have its mental toll on you. It takes a toll on you mentally because you know, anytime you suffer a loss of any kind, whether it is a breakup, whether it is the death of a loved one, whether it is, you know, the end of a relationship, um, marriage, friendship, you know, any other, uh, you know, romantic relationship, it, it has an impact on you mentally. And so it's really important for us to recognize that the process of moving from breakup to breakthrough is indeed a process. So Sheila, I want to turn it over to you and just, you know, get your thoughts, you know, for those of us out there, you know, it's no secret. You know, I, I, I have, I have gone through my breakup. I didn't checked out a heartbreak hotel and have given up that frequent fire card. I don't want the rewards card or nothing. You know, I'm out, right. I've decided I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to move on. So, but you know, it, it wasn't, it was easy yet. It wasn't, it was simple yet. It's complex. And so Sheila, I just want you to just speak to, you know, for those of us who have gone through a breakup, you know, what impact does that truly have on us mentally? I mean, what does that do to our psyche? What does it do to us 
um, as, as we're trying to, to begin that process of mending our broken hearts. Okay, so I wanna back up. Before we even get to the breakup, we need to decide that this is an unhealthy relationship. So uh, that should be even deciding, it's almost like going to Walmart without a grocery list. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Because you end up with things in your cart that you don't necessarily want. Yes. Okay? And so you end up in a relationship that you don't want because you haven't decided what is it that I want from a relationship. Mm. And so making step one, decide what you want. Okay. Decide what it is that you want. And then if you're this person that's causing you so much grief and having you or, or you're deciding to be in an unhealthy relationship, is this person, do they fit your your checkoff list. We all have checkoff lists. People say we don't, we do. Everybody has this checkoff list of what they want in their mate and what they see in their mate. Um, so let's go back to a little bit about what is it that you want in a relationship? Let's decide that. And the things that you want, are they reasonable? Yeah. <laughs> yes. And can you return what you're asking for? Oh, that. So if you ask for a millionaire, then yeah. and you you're not you're not quite financially stable, then it has to make sense, okay, right. to be in that relationship. So let's right. think about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I want to I stop right there and talk about that list because you know I know I have a list. I have a list that actually I began this list when actually while I was married and it was during the process of. Uh, my ex-husband and I were going through marital counseling. This was, you know, years before we we got a divorce. But you know, I had I had to think about what I wanted out of this relationship, and so that list evolved into now, you know, what it is that I want in a man. And and you know, it's so interesting. You talked about the list from both both sides. Because one of the things that I had to do was I it started out with what are the things that I deserve in a husband. What are the things that I deserve in a husband? So I really thought about it from just not something superficial, material, you know, but just truly thinking about who I am and what it is that I deserve. And then I made a second list of, of what um, I deserve or what my husband would deserve from me. You know, thinking about if I truly wanted to have to deserve this husband uh, who exhibited these characteristics you know what were the characteristics that i had to exhibit to be able to uh to match that energy but you know a lot of us we make these we make some lists that are are really high standards that well uh well are they you know just kind of you know as, as we're making that list you know how what are some things we need to be thinking about to make a list that, that's reasonable as you as you mentioned, and then kind of what's the difference between a reasonable list and seven for something? Oh, yes. Wow. Yeah. Reasonable list would be things that you could give back to the relationship also. So yeah. if it's financial security, and I keep talking about finance because that's, you know, that's one of the big things in a relationship. If, if it's loyalty, mm -hmm. are you loyal? If you're mm -hmm. asking for a loyal partner, in what areas or in your life are you loyal? You say you want to go to, and I'll just throw this out here. You say you want to go to the gym three times a week. Are you loyal to going to the gym three times a week? So loyalty spreads throughout your friendships, throughout your mental care, throughout your finance. I mean, you, you must be loyal throughout all of these categories in your life. So when you look for those things, make sure it's something that you can also give back. Yes, because one of the things, you know, that I, I, I decided, you know, after after my divorce was, well, first of all, I decided that, you know, that even though that was the end of the relationship it was not the end of me, it was not the end. And, you know, I made a decision that I would find love again, wasn't going to push it. And and and, you know, it would happen when it would happen. But one of the big decisions that I made for myself was. That because I wanted love again, that I wanted that I needed to be love and, and act like love and that would attract the love I deserve. And I think a lot of times, you know, we when we're building our lists, 
we focus on what we want from them and what they need to do and what they don't need to do. But we don't do the same thing for ourselves. And then we kind of wonder why aren't we attracting the man we deserve? You know, the law of attraction. Oh, yeah. The law of attraction. So yeah. I tell you, one of the uh, one of the most um, revealing moments I, I remember because, you know, I, I, I dated after, you know, after my divorce and like a couple of dudes I dated, I'm like, you know, why did I even waste my time? Just because they just, they just, they didn't fit my list. They didn't even fit the list. Why was I, you know, why was I even wasting my time? And then I noticed a certain pattern with the kind of guy, you know, that, that I was uh, attracting and, and, and then I had to think about, you know, why was that? And me, it was all about my decisions because one of the things that's so important for us to recognize in relationships is, you know, we teach people how to treat us. We teach people how to engage with us. And it's kind of like what you accept is what you teach others. And so we, we really have to be mindful of that uh, and, and to model what it is, how we, how it is we want people to treat us, or how we treat ourselves and how we, you know, how we interact. But yeah. So de- deciding on the list, and if the things that you have that you're getting in your current relationship that you're trying to break up from, mm-hmm. right? Um, make decide that that is unhealthy. Right. We're going back to the first question you asked me. Uh, deciding that that is unhealthy. Make a clean break. Mm-mm. That is yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Throw one side, throw one side to 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 the left and throw one side to the right when you make the clean break so you can put it back together again. Um and and make sure when you make that clean break that it is your decision. Right. Not a decision based on what your girlfriend said, not a decision based on you know what your mama told you, not a decision based on you know what his friends said. But it is a decision that you make for you. Because what I do know is when I make a decision for me, there's no changing my mind. Yeah. Right. And, and you okay. know, I just, I just want to say, I'm, I'm a big nerd. And, and one of the things, one of the most powerful moments, I have a lot of powerful moments, but one of the most powerful moments in my life was when I really thought about what the word decide means. And, you know, at the root of the word decide is the word root word side which means to kill, to kill all options, to you know remove all options. And when you think, and, and you just reiterated this, when you talked about when you make your decision, there's no going back. And that's what decisions truly are. And that's what makes us powerful as CEOs, is what makes us powerful as lovers, is what makes us powerful as, as you know, in a relationship is being able to make those decisions that you're going to kill off all other options, but the ones that lead to what it is you say you want. You can't be wishy-washy about it. You know, you can't be lukewarm. You so you know, you say you want one thing, but the way you act is different. So we we truly have to be firm in our decisions and you know, right or wrong, because that now again, what I, I, I don't think it means is that you never change course and that you're like inflexibly um you know, committed to a to a decision when you see it's not working, but then you empower yourself to make another decision. Uh, but it's not, you know, just something you just being wishy washy about. You you know your goal you're trying to get to, and and you commit to doing that. One thing I know as women, as as female patients that come in and going through this breakup is pay attention to the signs. Mm-hmm. We see the signs uh-huh. way. And we really even make a decision in this breakup. Pay attention to the signs. The signs are there. Yeah. Those red flags, trust your gut instinct, trust your intuition. So many times as women, we've been taught that we are we can't trust ourselves, mm-hmm. can't trust our gut, you know. And I have to really disagree with that because there's so many times when my gut would say, Sila, now you know mm. this not for you. Why are you why are you in this? Yeah. You know you have conversations with yourself and you be like, self? Yeah. 
listen to you, listen to what you're saying, listen to what you're doing, see, see what you're doing in your life. Yeah. Pay attention to those things. This is sometimes you're way out of character. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he didn't moved in with you and your kids. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You you all out of character. Right. Um, and, and and especially for a CEO. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, because because you talked about uh, you know, you're following your intuition intuition. And I think, you know, as women, this is something that we often discredit. Because, you know, I'll just say for myself, you know, I'm a very smart woman. You know, I got the credentials to back it up. I got a, I got a couple of degrees and, you know, I, I, I did I did pretty good academically. You know, so from from an intelligence perspective, you know, I'm kind of smart. But then, you know, I think about a lot of the dumb decisions I make. And I just used to be like, I made some dumb decisions, particularly as it relates to some of my relationships. You know, I look back on it. I'm like, girl, what the hell were you thinking? And the thing was. It's it's so funny or so ironic or so whatever, you know. Any you know, I'm thinking about relationships. I'm thinking about my marriage. I'm thinking about the, the people I've dated. You know, since my divorce, you know, for the for the relationships that have ended, uh, um, I can always look at the at the pit at the decision point where I knew that. You know, there was something that was predictive of the outcome. I'm not surprised my marriage ended. You know, I'm not surprised. At all. It was not a shock to me, even though it was. It was a shock, but it wasn't. But, you know, but I know the decision point years before that, that led to that moment. And like, you know, a couple of guys I dated for a little bit, you know, I knew the first time I met him. I'm like, I, I because I, I read people like, you know, I, I got a little piece of intuition. And then you make a decision to proceed. Anyway, we got to just, you know, I'm just going to say this. Women as CEOs of our lives and our relationships, particularly, particularly whether it's a professional relationship, whether it is a personal relationship, romantic relationship, trust your gut. When you meet that person and there's something that says it ain't right, it ain't right. I'm just telling you, it just ain't right. And you need to trust that. (laughs) Yes, very much so. And I've learned that the older I've gotten, I've learned that in any kind of relationship business, like you said, romantic relationships, it's okay for us to say, you know what? I really think you're an amazing person, but right now this is not going to be good for me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. That's a, that is my like signature speech here lately. Yeah. <laughs> if it's wow. not good for me, yeah. I'm okay with shaking hands and walking away. You better chuck the deuce, baby. <laughs> Give him half, either one. But you know, <laughs> but that is something that that we truly have to give ourselves permission to recognize when someone is not good for us and not think that because they are a good person that we have to endure the things about them that are detrimental to us. You know, because all good people ain't good for you. And something, right. all good things for you ain't good. I'm just going to say they'd be good to you, but it ain't good. Right. For you. And, we, right. and we really need to be honest with ourselves about when we're making those decisions and when we are abdicating, abdicating. You know, you're the CEO, you're in the C-suite and you letting somebody down in the mailroom make decisions, you know. And, and we do that all the time. We do that all the time. And we got, you know, we got a certain little mail room down there that be making all kind of like, oh, it's so good. He's so good. He looks so good. Be like, mm, 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 mm. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Get out the mail room. <laughs> Get out the mail room. Stop letting the mail room. You to see your your life. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, we've we, we, we truly have have to do that and, and trust yes. and trust that intuition and and not think that, you know, we have to settle because I do think a lot of times we settle for things because we don't want to be alone. You know, we don't want to be by ourselves. We, yes. we want to be with someone and, and we got to stop doing that. I, I remember and. At the age of about mid thirties, you know, when we start to get in this crisis mode as women, and we're single, and we don't have anybody, and we kind of bouncing from relationship to relationship, then we get in this in this panic, 
desperate mode. Uh-huh. So, so now we go. Now we gonna make somebody our man. Okay, he gonna fit. He's gonna fit the criteria because now we're in desperate mode. We're taking. We're accepting anything. We accept the men in the mailroom. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have my share of mailroom men. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say something. Now, maintenance man is a little different, but anyway, we're not gonna. We're not gonna go there. We talking about. I'm sorry. I ain't got my wine. Somebody said he needs a church fan. I know it's good. You know, we do distinguish between the maintenance man and the mailroom man. What we talk about here is that's a whole other conversation. Right. right. I'm sorry. My bad. That's okay. But I was just going to say is that we we get in this desperate mode um, because now we try to we try to fit in what society says. I remember my daddy asking me one time. Y'all know I love my daddy. I loved him. I loved him. I loved him. It came down for um, dinner, and I love to cook. I'm from the South. I love to cook. I love getting in the kitchen, just making up some stuff. I have friends come over sometimes. I'm like, what is that? I'm like, just taste it and be quiet. And so now I have to fight them off in order to, you know, hey, did you make some more of that special dip stuff? I'm like, no, I didn't make any more of that. And I thought you didn't like it. So anyway, my, my dad had come down, and I had cooked for him, and says, I don't understand why you single is good that you can cook. So in my mind, not to be disrespectful to my daddy, I said, well, I just choose to. And in my mind, I'm saying, cooking ain't what they're looking for, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> they looking for some cookies, not no cooking. But anyway, I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> so we try to, society says, our family says, people impose their own thoughts about singleness mm-hmm. and it's almost like you're wearing the scarlet letter a because yeah you know you're single you don't have to be ashamed because you're single and you don't have to accept anything because you are single yeah. don't yeah. be in that desperate mode to fit in what society right. says by the age of 35 you should be married you should have these things you should be buying a house you should be And and maybe that's not your place right now is to be married or, you know, I would rather see my patients walk in the office, be single and healthy or in a, in a dysfunctional relationship and unhealthy and stressed out, depressed. And now we're needing medication and, and we're trying to put the pieces back to our life because we can't function from being in this dysfunctional relationship. And, you know, you hit on a very important point about, you know, how society may basically shames single women, uh, particularly uh, women who have aspirations, you know, in, in, in the workplace, in the marketplace, because, you know, we we're not going to college just to get a husband these days. We're not, you know, going we're not just see, you know, we want a career and it's all about being the CEOs of your life. And and the thing that, you know, that I don't want people to take away from this, this is not about a, I don't need a man. Hey, I need one. OK. This all right. Uh, but I don't need just anyone. All right. But but what I'm saying is we have to be true CEOs of our lives and decide that, you know what, being single is OK. Uh, it is not a shameful status. It is not you know, the scarlet letter, it just happens to be where I am now while I am waiting for the man that is for me. Because I think we get, we allow society to pressure us into being in relationships so that we're not single because, you know, that's one of the first questions that often, especially your older relatives going to ask, well, when you get married, you know, when you going to have, is it not your business? First of all, we don't want to be disrespectful to them, you know, so you don't have to be disrespectful. You had to, you know, you had to find your, your polite way to say that. But that's one thing as CEOs that we've got to decide that we don't have to uh, settle for anything and you know who we are is who we are and there is I, I truly believe that there is a man for every woman and we don't have to, and a lot of times it's because we're looking looking for love in all the wrong places because we're trying to get to a status 
instead of trying to make those true connections. So before we go into this point a little further, I just want to take a sponsored break and just say that this episode was brought to you by Deciding on Joy, my journey from breakup to breakthrough in 30 days. Deciding on Joy is an eloquent, eloquent story of the journey from breakup to breakthrough. It helps you to stand boldly on the precipice of your rebirth and prepare to fly. It equips you to draw on the best of your life to make the best of a devastation and create a brilliantly beautiful new life. It is the roadmap for the rediscovery of the person who had the power all along to create the life she always dreamed of. It's scheduled for release this September. So please go over to www.decidingonjoy.com to get your free chapters and learn how you can pre-order your book. So again, thank you so much to Deciding on Joy, our sponsor for this evening. And if you are interested in being a sponsor on Conversations from the C-Suite, please send an email with the subject line CSS Sponsorship to Stephanie at drstephaniedbarnes.com. And you know, this is a conversation. Y'all, we got some good conversation going on in the, in the comments. And I just want to take a moment to Give a shout out to those who have joined us. I want to thank, um, just want to give a shout out to Christy Iwachuku. Thank you so much for joining us. We've got Nisi Croft in the house. And one of the uh, cool uh, comments that Nisi said, you know, she'd been married for 35 years. Her marriage ended and it was like a death, a funeral, even though she initiated the divorce. And, you know, the breakup of a marriage, I don't care if it's 35 years, 35 days, you know, it is truly a loss, but the person is still alive. Sometimes you want to be dead, but, you know, we ain't going to try to kill nobody. But anyway, want to give a shout out to Marsha White. Thank you so much for joining us. Marie Shepard, she says, evening CEOs. We've got Yolanda Purnell. That's the one who said, Yolanda said she need to get her church friends and we talk about maintenance men and can on up in here. But we just want to thank y'all so much for joining. And the thing that I want to say to you, is that you know this is indeed a conversation so if you have questions if you have comments please put them in the feed and we're going to get have a q a at the end to address any of your questions so be thinking about things that you want to talk to sheila about and you know what we're transitioning into or, 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 or the conversation that we were having is the importance of truly being the ceos of our lives and deciding that we deserve better than a toxic relationship. We deserve, you know, it used to be a saying or is still a saying, what half a man is better than no man at all. That's the biggest piece of bull. You know what? You didn't ever heard. Don't let nobody tell you what you're going to do with half a man anyway. So, but you know, the point is truly that, you know, we don't need to settle uh, for toxic relationships, relationships that are not good for us. And, and there's a big range. You know, you got the little bit of little bit of toxic, then you got the just downright narcissists who are who are abusive, either mentally or physically. And the thing is, you know, we've got to recognize, we gotta, and, and and I don't say this pejoratively, but um you know, we had to recognize crazy when we see it. And what I mean by that is, you know, following uh, rec um, following our intuition. And when we know that this is not what is for us to act upon that, including, you know, being in a relationship for the sake of saying that you're in one. So, you know, Sheila, I want you to just kind of touch upon, you know, truly what are some things, some signs that women in particular need to look for when we're choosing a mate, when, when we're choosing someone even to date or just in the early stages of a relationship, those things that we need to be paying attention to that are those earmarkers, if you will, or red flags for, you know what, uh, this ain't the one for us. I have seen is is in with those early emotions. Mm -hmm. so, oh, I really I like you, <laughs> and even something something is I love you. We've only known each other three weeks. There's not I mean not unless we spend a lot of time together. I'm not <laughs> saying it's possible, but early emotions is one. Um, jealousy, possession. Mm. Y'all put that in the figure. Some some woman out here need to needs to uh, needs to 
hear this and needs to know this. So the first sign is early emotions where y'all been dating a week and already they love you. They want to marry you and they're ready to take you home and meet their mama. Yes. Red, red flag. The red second flag. thing was jealousy. Yes. Because I always like the, the Maya Angelou uh, quote that, you know, uh, jealousy is like salt. Salt. A little bit of salt adds flavor. Mm-hmm. And I'm messing it up, but a whole lot of salt, a, a whole lot of salt is deadly. And it's yes. you know, because you 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 know you want somebody who is at least interested in you and interest and you know and kind of cares and a little that little healthy piece of jealousy in the sense of you know that they they value you, but you don't want no crazy dude that you know who you talking to, what's going on. You know, if if you don't have that basic level of trust, you need to give him half the peace sign. Don't even give him one. Don't give him give him the whole one. But anyway, go on. Jealousy. <laughs> what's the next thing, Sheila? What, what we need to be looking out for? Possession. 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 You know, you know, you know, but I don't want you to bring it out anywhere. You know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, possession. Mm-hmm. Um, it just left my mind here. I'm so sorry. Abusiveness, like controlling power, having power and control mm-hmm. um, over you and the relationship. A lot of times we see that is, oh, that's so cute. You know, like you said, uh, make a little bit of that. But sometimes, uh, even even in our relationships, our we lack boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, so making sure you have very clear boundaries mm-hmm. about yourself of what you will allow and that little bit of jealousy, yeah. uh, like you said, a little bit is healthy for a relationship. But when we go overboard and it becomes power and control, violent, yeah, right. Then when that when those things things turn violent. Because I, I never will forget, I'm just going to comment. I never will forget there was this guy I dated. I went out on a date with him. Uh, and the first date we went out on, he kind of, he, he may as well have just been wearing a red flag. But we were uh, talking about following your intuition. We were just kind of sitting around uh, talking, just kind of, you know, the little chit-chatting that you do on a date. And I can't remember what I said. We said, <laughs> I'm going to beat your ass. And laughed and kept going. I was like, mm-mm. I, my, my whole antenna went up. Now, he said it joking. I kind of looked at him like, girl, I'm just joking. And I something uh, told me, like, mm, he ain't joking. He meant no. it. Yes. He meant it. And so that was our last date. I cut the date short. You know, I, I you know, I was like, we're going to wind this up real quick. <clears throat> and, and, and interestingly, that same guy ended up dating another friend, another uh, woman I knew later. And the relationship ended up being abusive. He was very controlling. He cut her off from all of his friends. And so that's why when they joke like that, real men, uh, same people, people that's, that's got all their mental wellness together, they don't joke about beating you up. That right. ain't a joke. You know? and, and we have to, again, put those boundaries up and recognize you know, what is going to, what's healthy and, and what's not. So you know, that's something that as CEOs of our lives that we truly have to commit to doing. Yes. yes. Pay attention to the flags. Please pay attention to the red flags. Yeah, because um, someone got there waving them flags for you, handing the flags to you, hand the flag back. Like, it's okay, boo. He's so cute. No, no, yeah. He's crazy. Some of them are like those airline, when, when you see yeah, them on like the Yeah. <laughs> and we just ignore it, you know? <laughs> We just ignore it because oh, you know, we don't want that to be true. Yeah, and but it's- a little piece here. If you feel like that you are not able to set clear boundaries or make healthy decisions, then that's when you need to start seeking professional help. Not that's- your girlfriends, not his friends, not your mom and them. You mm-hmm. need at that point to say. I know something's not right mm-hmm. and I just need somebody else from the outside to help mm-hmm. me sort out the pieces of this puzzle. Yeah. Okay. So it, so it becomes very clear what the puzzle is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause we, we can see stuff. I see so many things in my office that are abusive in relationships. And so when I pull it out on a sheet of paper and say, this is what verbal abuse is. And I say, check off those things that you are experiencing right now. Mm-hmm. And when you've got over half the page checked, yeah. then it makes, you know, it makes a bit of a difference. Yeah. 
And now it's there in your face. Right, right. So, you know, you, you bring up a very good point or, or mm-hmm. a very um, uh, important thing for us to consider is, you know, when is going to your girlfriend enough? And when do you, you know, need to go to a therapist? And what's the difference? You know, because I'm sure a lot of us out there who, who are watching is thinking, well, you know, this is something I can go talk to my girlfriend about. I can talk to my mama about it. But, you know, what is the difference? And, and from a mental health perspective, you know, what is it that you do for a woman who is either pre-breakup because she's in the toxic relationship or she's post-breakup that she's finally uh, the relationship is ended, whether it's of her own accord or not. You know, what is it that you do that helps that that a girlfriend can't do and, and is really uh, a part of their, their mental health uh, treatment? My part in that is education. Mm hmm. Um, not that your girlfriend can't educate you on these things, but my part is from a professional standpoint to do some psychoeducation about what it is that you're in that's dysfunction. Mm. Yeah. And so yeah. just as I said, I'm going to give it to you in black and white. When you walk out of my office, I'm a firm believer of having homework and therapy mm-hmm. because we only spend one hour together and your therapy really starts when you leave me. Mm-hmm. So, when I put something in your hand and I say, I need you to every day check off these dysfunctional relationship, dysfunctional um, relationship characteristics that you see every day in your relationship, check them off every day for the next seven days, bring it back. And I want to talk about it. Yeah. Your girlfriend doesn't say, here, take this list and go look at it. So I, I you know, we will, we'll say, you know, girl, let's have some wine and talk about it. And before long, we just drunk and, but you raised such an important point about how important it is for us to recognize this function. And I think, you know, I just speak for myself, you know, it's kind of some of the things I observed growing up and in and in the community and what my idea of a relationship was. You know, I didn't have a full appreciation for the level of the high level of dysfunction, you know, uh, that I that I saw. And so, you know, one of the things that I have really committed to, you know, since my divorce is being really reflective and and thinking about, you know, how do I move forward and how do I position myself to where this is not where I end up again? And just really thinking about, you know, my perception of relationships, my perception of of what function is, my perception of what love is even. And we have to come face to face with what dysfunction is. And I think for our girlfriends, a lot of us, they don't know the difference. We don't know the difference. And so it's like the blind leading the blind. And that's where having having that help from a therapist who's objective, who's emotionally disconnected from the situation and can just put it out there in black and white. And you look at it like, mm. Yep, that's dysfunction. That's dysfunction. That's dysfunction. And that's something that we have to truly be uh, be committed to doing. Yeah, your girlfriend, she's got the diesel already in the trunk of her car with some matches, saying we're going to burn this house down. That's my my girlfriend. She's going to show up with garbage bags and a shovel with no questions. Right. And you know, and even though that may be what you want to do, y'all, let's not go to jail. For yes, please, please. This is not what we are encouraging at all. Yes, that's right. That's right. And, and you know, and that's and that's the thing too. You know, about being a CEO of your life. Here's what CEOs do. You know, they don't just make willy-nilly decisions. They rely on experts. You better believe that's this thing. You know, in in the in in. In corporate, in corporate law called a business judgment rule, where basically if something goes wrong in a situation, a judge is not going to hold some, hold a director or officer liable if they used, um, if they reasonably relied upon advisors, experts. And, you know, and, and that's something that CEOs get into the habit of doing. They're not trying to do it all on themselves. They're not going to mom and them for their mental health treatment. They're going to professionals who are trained, who are objective and who can help them see, you know, the truth and not just tell them what they want to hear and have some wine over it. Exactly. Exactly. So I want to get back real quick because there's a couple of points I want us to get to. 
Um, so one is deciding it's unhealthy, right? Knowing what you want. One, two, deciding it's unhealthy. Three, making a clean break. Mm. So we're going to, yes, we're going to break and, and we're gone. In that break, be sure you have a support system set up. Mm. Okay, This way your girlfriend is going to be really, really important at this point. When you yeah. make that clean break, she needs to be, you need an accountability partner. Yeah. Accountability partner and some professional help at that point. Okay. You make the break, allow for grieving. Oh, yeah. Okay. Allow yourself to grieve. I'm going back to the comment of the young lady. She said she was married for 35 years. And although she was the one that actually filed, um, it is like a death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have lost something um, that you were very familiar with years, months, whatever, that you go through the same stages that you would if someone was to die, physically die out of your life. Yeah. Allow yourself to grieve. Yeah. You know, don't be so tough to where you say, I'm just not going to cry over this. Allow yourself to cry. Right. Yeah. It's a normal emotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I believe, you know, if God didn't want us to cry, he wouldn't give us any emotion. <laughs> yeah, you gotta so, cry that stuff out. Let it out. Let it out. Because you hold all the toxicity in. You hold it all in and then it and then it either explodes or it implodes. It explodes and you you the one out there with the baseball bat and the match and doing all kind of crazy stuff that stuff, you know, has to go somewhere or it implodes. You 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 slowly eat yourself alive. You know, you you eat your insides out, so to speak, because of 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 the caustic nature of of the pain that you're feeling so you got to let that stuff out and you know i just want to say you know we we we're getting closer to the end of the hour and i do want um the ceos out there remember we always want you to take yourself off mute we want to hear from you so if you have questions if you have comments that you want to make please make sure that you put them in the feed we will uh make sure that we answer those and then for those of you who don't want to put your question out there in the feed for everybody to see you can just inbox me and i'll make sure that we get that question answered but remember ceos you got an expert on the line you've got someone who can answer your questions so make sure that you take yourself off mute and put that put your, put those questions out there so i know i keep interrupting you she trying to get she trying to get through this list y'all but me with my you know i got i got something to say about everything i keep interrupting so but anyway girl get on back to your list i try to be quiet for a little bit <laughs> Perfectly fine. Allow for your grieving. Don't be desperate. Um, seek Don't out be thirsty. Don't be thirsty, boo. No. Thirsty. You can tell I'm not up to speed with the word is. My, I'm still in therapeutic, therapeutic mode. I'm like, don't be See, desperate. That's why it's the girlfriend's guide to being serious. Cause she's being all professional. But see, I'm gonna bring it to you real. Don't be thirsty. Don't be out there thirsty. Don't don't be part of the year. Okay, I'm sorry, go. <laughs> don't be thirsty. Check that. Make sure you write that one down. Um, one of my things too that I did during one of the breakups that really broke me was um I I, I loaded my bookshelf up mm. with healthy stuff to read, healthy things to pour into me. Um, Just in case, just in case, not that it was, but just in case it was me that needed to be in a healthy place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like if I needed healthy boundaries, then I needed to know what what does healthy boundaries look like? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If I needed to not be codependent, what is codependency? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times, what are those characteristics? What do they look like? Yeah. Um, if I was being thirsty, then I'm, I need to know how how do I not how do I have this self worth about myself that I don't need someone, even if they're unhealthy, to be in my life. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. stay busy. Another thing, take up some crazy hobbies. I did ballroom dancing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love ballroom dancing. I don't have the time to do it here lately, but I loved it. I joined a group in Pensacola. I was driving two hours on Sundays just to dance. Mm-hmm. I would yeah. drive to the group, 
drive back home Sunday night in order to be in, at work on time for Monday. Mm-hmm. But I love ballroom dancing. Absolutely love it. I just tried something. I was like, you know what? I think I want to do that. Yeah. And, and so ballroom dancing, yoga. Uh-huh. And yoga did two things for me, um, body-wise and mentally. Mm-hmm. Put you in um, mentally for me. It taught me how to connect to myself. Mm-hmm. It taught me more about my own intuition um, and how to pay attention to those things. And it's okay if my body tells me that it's not okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and pay attention to that. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you know, for me, because um, it, it's it's funny that you know you talk about. Oh, not funny. Um, the parallels between you know what you're sharing about how important it is to keep yourself busy and and how important it is to keep moving because one of the things that i started doing you know after my divorce was i started running i used to be a runner i've run off and on since college and uh you know i just got i went out one day um this was probably day three four or five i don't know four or five after uh, my husband announced that he didn't want to be married anymore. And I said, I'm going to go for a run. And I go for this run. And, um, you know, I know I looked, I looked crazy. I did. You know, I just have to admit it because I went for this run and the whole time I'm screaming. I mean, it was, it was, I really needed that release. So I, it's the, it was the physical release of, of my body moving. And, you know, um, I, I did all kind of cussing and screaming, cussed him out, cussed everybody. I mean, you know, but I had I just got all that stuff out and I just ran until I got tired. And it was such a cathartic moment because, you know, there is nothing like, you know, the movement of, of your own body to remind you that you're still here. You know, because because, uh, you know, our, our first inclination, I know, you know, the first couple of days I was catatonic, you know, well, well, not. Well, once I had a chance to be catatonic, because three hours after he told me he didn't want to be married to me anymore, I had to go. I had to. I had to go to work. I had to go uh, do a leadership talk on being resilient. Yeah, and I'm like, God, you tripping? Really, do, really, do this man that just broke up with me? Uh, you know, told me he don't want me no more, and now you want me to go talk to these people? But it was the best thing ever because it recalibrated my thinking and and it just so happened the message that I had to give that day was what I needed to tell myself. So, I, you know, things don't happen by chance, but it is so important for you to get out there and, and to not think that the best thing for you to do is to be by yourself. It's truly not. You need to get, you need, when you think you need to just lay down and die, you know, you may feel like I just want to lay down and die. Or I just want to just lay down and be by myself. Truly, you need to be out there and, yes. and get yourself. And, you know, sometimes you have to go in, go out, you know, but it, it's really important to do that. Yes. Connect to friends. That's my last one is mm-hmm. connect to friends. The right friends. The right friends. Right. And and the, and that may be yeah. this circle <laughs> of hobbies, of this new yeah. hobbies that you're developing. So if you're running, your know, new friends may be yeah. people that are in your running group. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Now you have a different commonality there mm-hmm. of running. Yeah. And that, I, I, also, I did a 10K after I divorced my ex-husband. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I did it though, but that was just one of those things I had challenged myself on. Do it. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. yeah. To, to actually, um, I'm going to run. And yeah. so I, I remember doing a 10K um, yeah. many, 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 many years ago. Yeah. That's not now. You can still do it. You can do it again. again. Uh, I'm going to challenge myself to do that, um, but I need to finish this doctorate program because, yeah, that is taking a lot of my time. I'm just going to say, girl, I ain't going to even let you off the hook. I ran while I was finishing up my doctorate. Yes, ma'am. Oh, my God. Yes, Yes, ma'am. Anyway, so wipe that, wipe that out. But anyway. (laughs) One thing that really, really is important uh, to remember is, you know, when you connect to friends, you truly got to connect to the right friend. Do not go connect with the friend who just broke up with her boyfriend. Misery love company. But don't do it. Don't do it. 
And and then you got because you know I, I have a friend, bless her heart, you know, is is still a bit bitter about a relationship that broke up years ago, and she's still carrying it on. And and so I know that's not the person to go talk to when I'm not feeling good about whatever. You know, you really have to be protective of your space and make sure that you are picking picking the right people. So I did let you get through your list. You did, thank you. Even though we had a couple of interruptions, you know, like I said, you know, I always got to put my little two cents in there. But but I know that this is something that's so really important. And so I just want to give you, um, give you a couple of minutes to just, you know, one, just reiterate your list so so that people who couldn't follow, you know, me and all my interruptions, you know, couldn't follow your list. Make sure that everybody has that. And then just give us a couple of closing remarks about, you know, getting through the breakup and the fact that it is indeed a process. And one of the things that I hope y'all really got is this, how how she talked about, how Sheila talked about the importance of recognizing that in order to avoid the breakup, the bad breakup, you need to begin in a good place, to, uh, you know, in, in your relationship. So, uh, that's just something that's really important. So anyway, I'm going to turn back up. I'm going to try to be quiet. <laughs> we got know what you want. Decide <laughs> it's unhealthy. All right. Make a clean break. Allow for grieving. Pay attention to the signs, guys. Don't be thirsty. Um, invest in some self-help stuff. All right. You're doing good, Stephanie. Stay busy and connect to friends. You can talk now. <laughs> I did. I did. But, you know, it's always as always. I just want to thank you so much. I mean, you you always bring such great wisdom. And I think, you know, it is so important for us to have resources and have people like Sheila who are committed to helping us help ourselves, because, you know, we can't, she can't force any of her patients to come see her. She can't even force them to talk when they get there. But being a CEO of your life is about making those choices to help you help yourself and to avail yourself of the professionals that can help you get to your healthy place. So it is time for you to check out a heartbreak hotel. Yes, ma'am. Check out and make sure. So Sheila is is one of the, the many mental health professionals out there who can be your travel agent to help you get into a new new place, get into love, the, what is it, the love hotel or something like that. But anyway. Yes, we're going to check into an exotic resort. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm all about exotic. Yes, ma'am. But anyway, <laughs> Sheila, we just want to thank you so much. As always, it is so great to have conversations with you in the C-suite. And I just want to give you just a couple of closing remarks to just you know, tell people how to get in contact with you and just just to share your final remarks. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in tonight. You can reach me at www.riverspsychotherapyservices.com. Um, our telephone number is also listed on that website. Um, I also have my email address. You can also like, friend our page on all social media, Instagram, Facebook, um, and Twitter. I believe we're on Twitter also. Um, so we look forward to hearing from you and um, stay tuned to our page. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Sheila. As always, it's great to make CEO moves with you. Until next time, I see you, girl. <laughs> All right, everybody. I just want to thank y'all so much for joining. And just remember that tonight's episode was brought to you by Deciding on Joy my journey from breakup to breakthrough in 30 days, the roadmap from getting from breakup to your breakthrough. Please go over to www.decidingonjoy.com to get your free chapters, as well as learning how you can get your pre-order your copy for the book that is scheduled for release in September. So as always, y'all, thank you so much for being in the conversations from the C-Suite, the Girlfriend's Guide to Being a CEO. The C-Suite is where women create the lives they desire, the, the businesses they want, the careers they, they deserve. And it's all about equipping women to make those CEO moves where you are creating your circles of influence so you can connect to better opportunities. You are educating, elevating, and empowering yourself so you can get to the next level. And you are operationalizing 
the information that you learn so that you can optimize your outcomes. Because remember, the power is not in the conversation, but in your CEO move. So don't just talk about it, be about it. Don't just wait for good things to happen. Remember, weight broke the scale. Now is the best time to do what needs to be done. Your life is the product of your choices. Choose to be the CEO of your life. I am Dr. Stephanie D. Barnes, your host, and it has been my pleasure to have conversations with you in the C-suite, and I look forward to connecting with you on our next episode. And remember, you can always go to previous episodes to see previous episodes at csweetwomen.tv. csweetwomen.tv. You can catch prior episodes and make sure that you don't miss out on any of this great conversation. So until next time, thank you so much. Thank you to all of you who joined us. Thank you, Yolanda. Thank you so much, Nisi. Thank you so much, Marie. We really appreciate you being a part of the show. And we'll see you next time in Conversations from the C-Suite the girlfriend's guide to being a CEO.